Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Let's go to the phones here. Jeff Schwartz, our guy, Fox Sports Radio, Pac-12 Radio on Sirius, joins us here on The Fan. I'm Brian No, He's Dane Fife. You know, George, thanks for being here, bud. Hope you're having a great Tuesday. Now, I think about the combine. My favorite moment of all time is when Chris Jones, the Chiefs defensive tackle, who is a stud defensive lineman, he's running the 40, he falls, and he has a wardrobe malfunction, and we get a cameo of the garden snake out of nowhere. And so I'm wondering what you would set the odds at that we have another wardrobe malfunction in this year's combine. What do you think, Jeff? Well, I think it's been a primetime event. We've only seen one garden snake. So you have to be at plus, what, 10,000? I mean, what would you – by the way, it's one of those wagers where, like, you always take the yes. Like, you just – you take the yes. Like, you just whatever what, – what's the Kevin Malone line? If, if anyone gives you 10,000 to one odds, you, you take them. I think every time you just put a couple a couple pennies on the will there be junk show on national television <laughs> in the combine, the answer is yes. You know, like they're wearing tights. When I went to the combine, you wore like a long sleeve shirt. Like you wore like loose fitting clothes. You wore tights and shorts. You wore like, you know, your shoes were a little clunky. I mean, now guys are wearing the sleekest of clothes. They're wearing only tights. And you know what can happen? I, I would put plus money on it. And it's what you would want to root for anyway, you know? Like, who wouldn't want to see something crazy happen? You don't want to root for no- everything's normal, you know? So you want to root for that as well. We've always had this joke for a buddy of mine for a couple of years now. We're like, on Measurements Day, so I don't know if you guys know this, so for a Measurements Day, you get up and, you know, get up on the stage and there's, there's scouts from every team. They're sitting in this auditorium in the hotel and you're, and they go up and say, you know, Jeff Schwartz. And you stand up there, and they measure your height, and they, your weight, and your your arm length, and your hand length. What if they measured everything? Like, how would that? That would be just the most incredible television of all time. And imagine if they could correlate everything, measure everything with like success, like a certain. You know how they say like height and weight. You know, Bryce Young, he's he's maybe too small. We don't know. It would be. It would make it more interesting for the combine. By the way, where do you stand on that, Jeff? There's been a lot talked about the frame of Bryce Young, the height of Bryce Young. Does that scare you off a bit if you're thinking about using the number one overall pick on the guy? I think it has to a little bit, right? I mean, there's a reason why there we have comps, right? There's a reason why all these things are done at the combine. It's because height and weight and 40 and 10 times. And they're not always the B.O. end-all for all these things. But there's a reason why there are not many quarterbacks that have had success at his size drafted so early. You know, people say, well, Russell Wilson, well, he's a third-round draft pick. So if you draft, you know, Bryce Young in the third round, you're paying him third-round money, then you're living to, you know, you're, you're, you're okay living with the risk of him getting injured as a third-round draft pick. But if you, if you set up your franchise around Bryce Young – and, you know, he's 5'10 and a half, and he's going to work his darndest to be 200 pounds. And, you know, 
<laughs> he gets tackled in game three by a big defensive lineman. You mentioned Chris Jones, and I guess the Chiefs and, 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 and uh, Colts won't play this year, but you know, he falls on him, and you're like, and then it's like, oh boy. Like, I mean, there's a reason why, you know, the, the sturdy quarterbacks tend to last a lot longer. Um, and so it's, it would worry me. You know, we have not seen a player of his stature succeeding the NFL. There's only been two players, I think, drafted in the first round at his under six feet and under 200 pounds at the quarterback position in the last 22 years, I think since 2000. I mean, Seneca Wallace is one of them, and there's one other quarterback, maybe. Maybe not even drafted in the first round, just drafted, period. Um, that have been, you know, Colin Murray was over 200 pounds. Russell Wilson, over 200 pounds. Drew Brees, second-round draft pick, was over 200 pounds anyways. Like, it's, it's both. It's the, it's, the, it's the height and the weight, and it will concern me now. He's the best quarterback in this class. Mm. So if you are the Colts, you're the Texans, and you really want a quarterback, he's the best guy. I'm not debating that. But I think the size, though, is an actual concern that I think people will, will write off and say, oh, it's not important. But he would be the outlier, guys. He would be the outlier for this position in all of NFL history. He's the outlier. He's Jeff Schwartz, Fox Sports Radio, Pac-12 Radio on Sirius, joining us here on The Fan. If you look at the draft, Jeff, from the Colts' standpoint, and they obviously need a quarterback, is there a quarterback in your mind that you're banging the table for? that's special enough in your mind to move up from number four, potentially to number one, knowing the price tag involved with a move like that? It would, it would only have to be Bryce Young. Um, but I'm, I'm glad the Colts have finally acknowledged, this feels like the first year of like, Andrew Luck's not coming back. You know, it felt like for four years now, they've only talked about Andrew Luck. Oh, Andrew Luck this, Andrew Luck that, Andrew Luck that. You know, I know they haven't talked about him coming back, but you know, We've been hamstrung by Andrew Luck retiring. That was that was four years ago now. And it feels like they're finally kind of being like, okay, time to draft the next Andrew Luck, right? We we're moving on from signing veteran quarterbacks every single year. Let's find ourselves a young quarterback to build our, our team around. And if it's not Bryce Young, I think C.J. Stroud – look, here's the thing about Stroud, right? Is, is, is he going to be the player against Georgia that was really good or the player he was – for the previous two years, which is not the player he was against Georgia. Playing against Georgia, he was fabulous. He was moving in the pocket. He was using his legs to create plays, which he didn't do much off in Ohio State. Throwing on the run, like things that he really hasn't done consistently outside of that Georgia game. And if you say to yourself, well, look, maybe that was – we saw a little bit of that with, with Justin Herbert at Oregon where the coaches just didn't let him run the football at Oregon. That's like they told him, you're not, you're not running the ball. Between game one – in the Pac-12 championship game, he didn't run the ball. That was not allowed. He wasn't allowed to run the ball. So, you know, it hampers your offense, you know, when, when you can't run the ball. Um, so maybe that's what Stroud, hey, man, you're not running the ball. And then against Georgia, you need to do more. We'll let you do more. So those are two guys I would feel really good about. I think Will Levis and Anthony Richardson are just project guys. I'm not sure the Colts are in a position where they can really afford to take project guys. Um, and I can make the case – that I don't think they're looking ahead to next season, but those guys next year are really good. And you can make a case if you are the Colts that, you know what, if Ursay can buy it, hey, man, let's just get the best player at four, and that might be a pass rusher, that might be a cornerback, that might be an offensive lineman, probably not in this draft. 
and we'll just stink one more year and get Caleb Williams or Drake May. I mean, that's not a – it's a hard sell for one more bad season for your fan base, but those quarterbacks next year are really good. Jeff, Dane Fife here. Uh, I want to switch gears momentarily. I have to, have to, have to get your opinion. As a Pac-12 guy, I have to get your opinion on UCLA and USC moving over to America's Conference, the Big Ten. They're going to the Pac-12 again? They're going back to the Pac-12? Look, okay, so it depends how you view the sport, right? If you view college sports as national – not bad, right? USC, Ohio State every year, USC, Michigan, UCLA, Michigan, UCLA, Michigan State, Wisconsin, USC, right? Like all these these matchups in football and basketball. And even if you want to you know, go to Olympic sports, you know, UCLA has been in those sports for, for so many years, and USC is getting better in, in all those sports as well. Um, so you know, nationally, I don't think you, you can complain about having better football games. Let's stick with football. But regionally, it stinks. It's yeah. terrible, right? Yeah. Like I, I grew up in Los Angeles. My parents are UCLA alums. Mm. Um, I went to every game as a kid. I'd probably been to, I don't know, I calculated out in my head one year, I don't know, 30, 40, 50 UCLA football games. You'll go six games a year for you know over 10 years, roughly six, right? So I've been to 50 games. Let's do 50, right? 50 brewed games. I went to Oregon. I'm on Paxwell Radio every day, Monday through Friday. Um, and they ruined the conference. Like it's done. Like, yeah, it, I mean, yeah it, it might stick together for four to seven more years, but the second the big 10 calls Oregon and Washington, I mean, their bags are packed. Like yeah. their, their bags are at the door. They're ready to go. As soon as the new commissioner says, Hey, come, come to, come to big 10 country. They're, they're leaving. And the PAC 12 conference yeah. is done. So it depends how you do the sport nationally. Hard to come, hard to say it's bad regionally. It's the death of a conference. And, um, you know, it's it, it's it stinks. Like I, I don't like it. I hate talking about this every single day on the radio because I have to do it because it's, you know every day it feels like there's more talk and Pathos is in a bad spot. And what's funny, what's so ironic about this too, is that in 2010, Larry Scott, the, the Pathos commissioner, yeah. got ahead of this. Like he tried. He, he mm-hmm. we were close at the conference to getting Texas, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, Texas A&M, even I believe. And the Longhorn Network, there was a holdup with either right. ESPN came in and, and gave the Longhorn Network, and Larry Scott didn't want to do that, whatever. But like they were at like the two yard line, right? They were mm-hmm. right there going into the end zone, and he was ahead of all of this. Imagine the Pac-12 had Texas, Oklahoma, right now, right? No Oklahoma doubt. State and A&M, and just didn't happen. And now the conference is looking at extinction in the next six to ten, seven years. How much? What? What's the going rate for a top shelf offensive guard? in college for, for with NIL? I don't know. I think the numbers are really inflated. Um, you know, I think it's one of the, the average, if you talk to experts, you know, the average will tell you, like, you know, kids are getting is like $2,000, right, a month. Uh-huh. You know, like, it's just not, it's not a lot. Um, you know, we've heard those numbers for quarterbacks. But, you know, even, you know, Jaden Rashada was $13 million a year from Florida, and supposedly he's getting zero from Arizona State. So, like, ended up being $0 for, for a quarterback that was <laughs> I know. Get 13 million. I know. From Florida, so like I don't know. I mean, I would imagine if you're a a five star offensive guard and you're going to you know a, a team in the top ten of of 24/7's recruiting rankings or on three, whatever you want to use, you know, you're probably getting a, a maybe a six figure you know NIL deal. Um, 
you know, somewhere around there, 100,000, 150, 200. That's probably, you know, tackle maybe a little bit more. But, you know, I keep coming back to, to this idea that, like, you know, at first there was going to be a big rush at the beginning of, of, of NIL because mm-hmm. there was no regulation. There's still not much regulation. But, like, at some point the boosters who have all this money, they're, they're, they're great businessmen, right, or businesswomen, they, they're, in the, they're in the business of making money, right? And, and they're not in the business of throwing away money. And for them to just throw money at these high school athletes and then to not have the wins on the back end, to me, right. it's not a business that they want to be in. And so I think we're going to see the market decline a little bit from the booster side. Now, the, 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 the original intent of name image like this will still be strong, right? Like the Cavender twins and Libby Dunn, like all like, like big, strong social media presence. Yeah. They're still going to get all the big deals as they should, right? Yep. Like they're going to get the big deals. Like you have a strong social, like all that stuff, right? Yeah. You know, but like the actual like pay for play part of this, I think, is not going to go exponentially up as people thought it was. I, I've, I've always said this. I think it's going to go actually down. Yeah. When boosters realize like we're paying all this money to finish third in our conference. Like, well, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, at Oregon, for example, if you're not winning a national championship in football, I mean, well, how do you what do you put a number on? I mean, how many wins? But, That's but, exactly but, right. But I, but I don't but I don't think they're but I don't but I think Oregon like I know I obviously I went to Oregon like I know people they're not paying as much as they as you think. Like right. they're they're just not like they've lost recruits like they're just not paying what people think they are because again, like it's not they, they have again the NIL program there it's run by business people who make a lot of money. Like they're not going to just throw money at kids and say, like they, they want to return on investment. So right. I think that it's not as much as people think it is. It, it's good. I mean, glad players are getting what they're, what they're worth, but it's just not as much money as people think. He's right. Jeff Schwartz, Fox sports radio, pack 12 radio on Sirius. Also follow him at Jeff Schwartz. Tremendous follow on Twitter. I want to get to your combine experience, Jeff. What was it like, man? You touched on it a little bit with all the measuring. Was there anything random that happened? Any weird questions? What was your personal experience like at the combine? Well, I wasn't good enough to have a lot of those interview questions thrown my direction. Um, those are in, in special means. You get, you get 15, you get up to 15, I believe, um, 15 um, minute interviews with teams like individually in, in hotel rooms with a number of personnel and staff members, head coaches, general managers, scouts, front office personnel. So you get, you get a, up to 15 of those for 15 minutes long. Um, I got one. I got one. My brother, who was second round pick, got, got 12. So oh. I, you know, I was like, well, like you, I, didn't, I didn't know at the time that one was bad. I, I, mean, I mean, not bad, but like. You not know, as so, good as your brother's. Uh, not as good as my brother. So, um, and I think those, and I think those questions, like you know, the famous Des Bryant one, right? Like, is your mom a crack addict? I think that was a question, something like that, or a prostitute. Which, like, that's a, that that to me is not what the spirit of that is supposed right. to be. Even though the point, and I think those questions are not being asked anymore. Even though the point of some of those those sessions is to try to get, is to stress the athlete, right, and see their reaction. Because obviously, on Sundays, you're going to be stressed mentally. How do you react? And so the goal of those questions is not what people think it's a probe about their mom. I think it's just to see their reaction about, like, hey, if I ask you this question, how do you react in real time? And how does that translate to feel? But now we're seeing, you know, teams hire these, you know, you know, former military members who, you know, who are kind of doing mental evaluations and, like, they really 
do a good job of, of kind of, I think, doing, you know, using these, your time more wisely than asking questions that just purposely stress players out for no apparent reason, right? So I think that they're better at that. But I think the thing about the combine is just long, man. Like, you're there, you know, and they added half a day this year uh, as well. But, you're, you know, you're just, you're up early in the morning, you're drug testing, you're, you're just, you're doing your medicals, you're doing your interviews, you're doing, it's just a long, long, or three or four long days, and they really want to kind of just stress you a little bit to see how you perform eventually when you have the opportunity, but just one long, you know, one long job interview. But I just, I just, you know, end with this, like I, people look at the combine you know, it's on TV and we're going to see, you know, all you guys run. Just remember guys, if there's like a hundred data points to draft a player, like 75 of those are the film, right? The combine is mm-hmm. like two of them and <laughs> the combine is just box checking, right? right. Like, Yep. Jeff Schwartz looked slow on film and he ran slow. Check the box. Like, that's mm-hmm. what I expected. Um, you know, I heard from Jeff, you know, that, that Jeff Schwartz is, is smart from his coaches. He's smart in all the interviews. Check that box, right? Like, that's all it is. And if you don't check the box, then the coaches have to figure out why that is. And so it's a long process for that purpose, essentially. And, and the medicals, of course, which is the most important part of it. But again, that's box checking, right? Like, oh, he's healthy. Check the box. Oh, his, his knee injury? Okay, let's look more into that. So, it, that's you know in the end it's it, that's kind of the purpose of of the combine and so it's a lot of fun to watch your favorite guys run and and kind of see where guys end up going and, and whatnot and I know Bryce Young's not throwing but we're going to see Anthony Richardson throw he's got a cannon Will Levis and so there'll be a lot to talk about after the combine. By the way, Dane Fife was doing some research before this interview on you, Jeff, and one yeah. of the things he brought up he was like it says here that he threw an upper eighties fastball and I'm like yeah. what. Is that true? You were like a pitcher back in the day? Yeah, I threw like 88 to 90, yeah. Jeez. At 6'6"? Six, six? Did you have some movement? Some well, movement on it? Was the, yeah, the problem was I didn't throw hard enough. I, was six, I should have thrown like 98. But um, <laughs> yeah, so I threw I threw a, a – so like if I'm facing a right-handed, I threw a, a four-seam away and a two-seam in. The two-seam ran a little bit. So, you mm-hmm. know, I would try to get – I would try to jam guys, you know, with, with my two-seam. So um, – I grew up playing baseball. I always thought I'd play baseball. And then wow. I just happened to be too big and ended up playing football. So, um, can you imagine? Yeah. I, uh, on the I mound. What, what, yeah. at, like, how big were you at the peak of your baseball prowess? Are we talking 6'6, six, six, over 300 pounds at that time? Yeah. I pitched, I pitched my senior year in high school. Wow. Yeah. That is a presence. I think about Randy Johnson on the mound. Just looking like he's nine feet tall on that thing. Yeah. Imagine Schwartz on a mound at that size. Good you, lord! You got a nickname? Uh, did they have a nickname for you? So I'm thinking no, my, of the big unit. No, my, my, no, my, my junior, like my junior senior year, like my ERA combined, I don't know, one five ish, something like that. Like I was pretty good. Wow. I mean, LA City baseball. I don't know how great it was, but um, I was pretty good pitcher. Yeah, I could hit like I could throw like a, a three zero curveball for a strike. Like I was. I was I was good enough for that. Like I was pretty accurate with my pitches, um, but I just didn't go hard enough, so I never really got consideration for much more than like. What's your What's your major league team? Who's your team? I am a Giants fan. Giants. Giants. Yeah. Yeah. Is baseball your first love? Yes. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm, and I'm kind of, I'm kind of looking forward to this pitch clock thing. It won't, <laughs> obviously won't be this strict during the season, but like. It'd be nice to like have games not last three and a half hours. I'm with I agree. you, man. I'm I agree. with you. I think it's good. By the way, Jeff, 
I saw something. I thought of you. So Netflix, you might already know about this. Netflix, they're going to do a QB documentary. They're big on these documentaries. So they're following three quarterbacks through the 2022 season. So one is Patrick Mahomes. Of course, he played for the Chiefs. Brother played for the Chiefs. You love that. Uh, Kirk Cousins. And then how about this third guy? Marcus Mariota. Huh? Shout out to the Ducks. I think you're going to be all over this, Doc. Yeah, I – Cousins and Mariota just aren't like big personality guys. Yeah, no, I'm just kind of curious, like how that, like, but it, they chose like three quarterbacks in different stages, right? Like, obviously, the Super Bowl champion Cousins, you know, kind of in, you know, solid quarterback, had a good season. Um, actually, his team had a good season. He kind of didn't. He was okay, and then Mariota, obviously, kind of fighting through, you know, to kind of the end of probably the end of tapering of his career. I think he got released today by the Falcons. So I'm kind of curious to see that. Look, I'm watching Full Swing right now on Netflix. The golf doc, it's awesome. I, dude, I, can, I watch all these things. I watch Last Chance You. I watch All or Nothing. I watch Hard Knocks. Like, give give me this. I'll, especially in, like, August when it's coming out. Like, I will watch every episode of this right away. I cannot wait. That's awesome, man. Well, hey, Jeff, appreciate the time today, bud. You crush it as always. Yeah. Awesome. And uh, catch up with you soon, man. Thank you, guys. Take care. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thank you. There he is, Jeff Schwartz, Fox Sports Radio, Pac-12 Radio on Sirius, at Jeff Schwartz. <laughs> Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Very pleased to welcome in our next guest, Matt Eberflus, Bears head coach, former defensive coordinator with the Colts. You know, Jimmy, who's playing the music here today and doing many other things, coach, he said, we're playing Sinatra coming back, whether you like it or not. Are you a Sinatra guy? What is your wheelhouse musically? Well, uh, I would say that I do like Sinatra for sure. I mean, he's uh, obviously iconic. Um, but I'm more of a country guy. That a baby. Who's your guy, Dane? Eric Church Eric, is my guy. Coach. You like Eric Church, yeah. Coach? Yeah, that's a good one for sure. Eric, hey, yeah. I, got, I got one for you. Clayton Anderson. He's a he's a Bedford, Indiana guy. He's he's about to go big. Don't forget that name. I'll remind I'll remind Mr. Faber about Clayton Anderson. <laughs> okay, but, sounds so, good. So so if we go Eric, if we don't go Eric Church, who do we go with? Are we going old school? Uh, well, yeah, I would say that I want to say Kenny Chesney's one of my favorites. Okay, so, yeah, kind of old school. You're a line, you're linebacker in college, a country fan, country mute. You have my heart. You sound like yeah. you're doing the uh, combine evaluation of Clayton Anderson there. You know, that's what you sound <laughs> like. <laughs> He's six four. Yeah. mullet. Right. Uh, great twang. Great. Good forty great time. Voice. Yeah, yeah, you got that in there. Big drinker. Yeah. Coach, how's it feel to be back in uh, Indianapolis for this go-around at the Combine? No, it's good. I mean, you know, one year later, you know, so we have a really good uh, understanding of where our roster is and what we're going to do. And we've got a great opportunity ahead of us. You know, we've got a lot, of, a lot of cap space and we got all these draft picks. And with the first-round pick, we got opportunity and flexibility, really, to uh, add to our football team. Coach, when you do these radio interviews, I, I, honestly, I'm not going to ask you about it, but 
you know most of these interviews are like, you're at number one overall. You go in quarterback, you're sticking with Justin Fields. Like, do you ever just kind of roll your eyes going into the interview like, oh, gosh, this again? Well, you know, we know the questions uh, before they're asked for sure. You know, we just want to make sure that we look at everything. You know, we have the mm-hmm. opportunity to, uh, to really keep our open mind and make sure we can make good decisions with knowing all the information that we have ahead of us. When you are bombarded with those type of questions, it, it makes me wonder, what's the question that you would want to answer that you aren't being asked when there's so much focus on the number one overall pick? Yeah, that's a good question. I would just say that the culture of our team, you know, how good it was last year, you know, obviously going through adversity, we were close in a lot of games, but our guys, and a credit to our, our players, a credit to our coaches, a credit to the staff, the support staff that really just did a great job of having a really a mindset of, of a great attitude every single week and, and, and working together to build that culture. Coach Dane Fife here. You played in college, you coached in college, and now you're a head coach. You're an assistant in the NFL. Now you're a head coach. Could you? What is the biggest difference in college in terms of coaching than it is the yeah, NFL? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, it's really not that much difference. You're, you have to really adapt and adjust a little bit to the age of the player because your, your range of players is a lot wider. So, you know, in college you're what, you know, 18, 19, yep. 21, 22, somewhere in there. Now you're 22 to 32, 22 to 38, you know. So there's a, a wide range. Guys that have families, guys that have houses, they got, they're, you know, in the middle of their life and, uh, you know, in their career. So you have to adjust your style a little bit. You know, it's really more of a partnership when you're in the NFL working with the players and you're still of service to the player like you are in college, but I would say that's the biggest thing. How much is a player's personality or a player's uh, – how they how they are in an interview? How, how big of a role – if he's got numbers, if, if the numbers add up, if he's got the size or, or got the talent – is it is it feasible to think that you might not take a player based on personality or his in, or his, in, or his interview? Yeah, I would say uh, you know really the most important thing is the tape. You know, so his number evaluate the number first, mm-hmm. and does he have passion? Does he have love for the game of football? And does he show that on the game tape? That's number one. Does then secondly does he show it in practice? Because guys that love football, they love it in practice as well as they love it in the games, and that shows because you can't cheat the game. How you mm-hmm. practice is how you play, and then you move from there and you say, okay, hey, you know, is he a teammate that we can work with him? He can be working well with others. You know, is his team ability is a, is good, and then from there you, you make your choice. You know, but he has to first and foremost love the game and have passion and show that on the game tape. Can you tell when a player doesn't love the game, coach? Yeah, yeah, that's mm. easy to see. Gosh, it's easy even to see at the that other level. Side too. It's easy to see the love too. You know, you can see it. It just jumps off the tape. Yeah. What do you love most about the combine here, the, the week that is? Yeah, I just think it's really a chance for us to get to know the players better. And again, this is just one small part of it. You know, obviously the medical here is the most important thing, but, um, you know, get a chance to spend 20 minutes, you know, 30 minutes with the guys and get a chance to know them a little bit better. Then we're going to take our offsite visits to the pro days and get a chance to maybe go eat dinner with some of these guys and spend some more time. And this is just one piece of the puzzle. He's Matt Eberflus, Bears head coach, joining us here on The Fan. You know, Coach, I think about the team that had the number one overall pick last season, the Jags, and they went from 3-14, and and they were a playoff team this past season. Yeah. Had a, a, 
plus 500 record. Do you see that possibly happening with the Bears? Same record, 3-14, and 14, but maybe making a jump and winning as many as six more games, maybe more in 2023. Yeah, I mean, you know, this year we were super close in a lot of games. You yeah. know, we were 1-7 and yeah. in one-score games, and we were mm. very competitive against a bunch of good football teams and keep adding talent and, you know, one more year in the system to develop these young guys that we have, you know, and then just keep moving forward. And we're excited about onboarding this, this whole group of guys that we got coming in for agency in the draft. So it's going to be a big process for us. We got a lot of work ahead of us in this 58 days before the draft. So um, a lot of work. So we're excited about that. I promise you this isn't a loaded question, but gosh, it sounds like it. This is not me trying to figure out what you're doing at the quarterback position. I, I promise you, Coach. Just when you look at the roster as it is right now, who are some of the players that you're most excited about being back with the Bears in 2023 and seeing what they can do? Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm not going to give names right now because, you know, that's a competitive advantage for others. But uh, I'm just going to really just say that, you know, we are excited about a lot of young pieces. You know, the guys that we draft, the draft class that we had last year, Mm -hmm. you know, Braxton and Gordon and Brisker, you know, Sanborn, all those guys have really put their, you know, really, uh, you know, first step was really good uh, for those guys. And again, they have to continue to develop. You know, I'm just thinking, Coach, where – I'm thinking about the rookies that you had last season, and then I'm also thinking about a guy that you brought in during the season, which is Chase Claypool, who was the wide receiver with the Steelers. I know he's a vet, and I don't know the perfect way to ask it, but which is more difficult? Is it to get a rookie and to get him up to snuff with what you do with your team specifically, or is it a guy who comes in mid-season and you're trying to make that happen? Yeah, I think it's probably harder midseason because, mm-hmm. you know, when a rookie comes in, he comes in for rookie mini camp. He's got the whole summer. He can study the playbook. He understands, you know, the, the motions, the shifts, and the formations and all the things that it takes, you know, to run the routes correctly. And I think that when you come in mid midseason like that, I think it's very difficult, you know, uh, to be able to implant, you know, implant yourself into an offense and learn it on the fly. And I think that takes time, you know, and that takes time. That's really a credit to Clay. You know, he's, he's really working hard to get that done. And uh, now he has more time to be able to learn the offense going into this offseason. A lot of conversation about food always at the Combine, Coach. <laughs> like, uh, what's your go-to? You a steak guy, chicken guy? How do you get down? I am not. I'm more of a seafood guy. Okay. I'm more of a seafood guy, and I, I really don't – I stay away from the red meat most of the time. Not bad. So fish, scampi, what do you do? Yeah, I like fish. Of course, I like, you know, the you know, white fish, you know, different various types of white fish, sea bass, all that. So I'm, I like that. Very nice. Well, Coach, thanks for taking some time today. We really enjoyed it. Enjoy the Combine Week and hope you get a lot of good work done. Thank you, Coach. All right, fellas. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thank you. There he is, Matt Eberflus, Bears head coach, former Colts defensive coordinator. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Hey, let's uh, welcome in Mike Chappell, Fox 59, CBS 4, to the conversation. You know, Mike, before we get to the combine, the Colts, all that good stuff, ball, apples. Are you an apple guy? Do you have a brand, a certain kind that's at the top of your apple food chart? 
You mean my 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 laptop? Oh boy! <laughs> so, well, see, you're ta- you're talking to somebody who's who's got a very small window of knowledge of things, and I'm in my own world. Fruit, Mike. Yep. Yes. Fruit. No, uh, I'll stick with my my Apple MacBook Air and let you guys worry about the the fruits. I'm I'm not a, I'm not an Apple guy. So I, I'm an Apple guy because I'm sitting here typing, but I'm not, I'm not not an Apple guy nutrition wise. Hey, fair enough. No problem with that. <laughs> I, oh, Mike. Nothing wrong with that at all. I, I, der- I derailed your train of thought. You didn't I? derail anything. You know, I was thinking about a fruit follow-up, but I'm like, no, I don't want to send them over the kinda, edge. I'm kinda. curious. Is it oranges? You know, it, Is it bananas? It, 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 it's funny. When I when I interviewed, I, I was a sports editor at Anderson for a long time, and then I interviewed at the Star to be a sports writer back in 84. And one of the questions was, uh, you know, what does SEC mean? Uh-huh. And I put Southeastern Conference. <laughs> well, what they wanted was the Securities and Exchange Commission. Uh, so it just, well, it just tells you where, how my, my brain's wired. I would agree with that. I think you got hired on the spot. They give you the there job you right there. Yeah. All you did was you just screwed up Brian's icebreaker. That's what you really, what you really did. <laughs> no, it's all so much good, for man. the icebreaker. Hey, Mike, so Combine Week, baby. What do you have your eye on the most? What are you most interested in regarding the Combine? Quarterback and quarterback and quarterback. Nothing else matters. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I when I was young and dumb, which hasn't been all that long ago, I would be down there five or six days a week from 10 in the morning until 6 at night and bouncing from quarterbacks to running backs to tight, tight ends and offensive linemen and all that. And – and now it, it's all about what they're doing with a top four pick, and will it be Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud or Levis or whatever? And you know, to, for, to, to spend time in there to wondering, well, with a third round pick, are they going to get an offensive tackle or a receiver? It just doesn't matter. Well, it, it matters, but, but only after you get your quarterback. So I'm, we get uh, uh, tomorrow. We've got Shane Steichen and Chris Ballard, and then Friday the quarterbacks talk and. That's that's where everything is. Uh, this is back like in 2012 and, and 98 with Manning and, and Andrew Luck. And, you know, was it Manning and, and Leaf or was it going to be, you know, Luck and RG3? That's that's where it is. And if you're energetic enough to, to talk about tackles and running backs and tight ends, you know, God love you. I'm not. It's all about quarterbacks. If you had to guess today, Mike, which team do you think ultimately ends up with that number one overall pick? You know, I keep thinking Houston. I, I, I they, they, they're too. I mean, obviously, they need a quarterback as bad as the Colts do. They have more draft capital to make a trade. And and now the only thing that'd be different is if, let's say, and it kind of came up today when the Chicago guys were talking to the GM polls. And he mentioned something now. You know that if the package includes players, you want this thing done by the start of free agency. Now, if that's the case, and let's say the Colts are willing to part with DeForest Buckner, just throw a name out there. You're probably one of their top three players, the Colts. But if you can do that, and if I'm Chicago, I would rather have a DeForest Buckner than – a future, even a future number one, I, I would argue that. So maybe the Colts would have more more clout if they include a player, Kenny Moore. You know, both 
Fuchs loves both those guys, and both were perfect in in his defense. Uh, I, I kind of, but but I kind of keep thinking of Houston just because they've got more draft capital. But if you're including players, the Colts are in much better position to sweeten that package to go to one. You know what I keep thinking about, Mike, is the what if scenario where. What if a random team makes a move for the number one overall pick that has right now a lower pick than the Colts? Let's say it's the Panthers or the Lions right. or the Raiders get aggressive. If they move up to number one, I can't foresee Houston doing Indianapolis any favors if Indy wants to move up to number two to at least no. get a top two prospect, right? Agreed. And, and that's why you've – I always hate to say do whatever it takes because you've got to have a grunt point. It seems like, but you you've just got to do pretty much whatever it takes to go to, to one, and 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 if Houston outbids you for one and Chicago goes to two, then you do whatever it takes to go to two. To sit there at four or even go to three, and say, well, we'll take the third best guy. I just think there's so much on the line for the team and for Chris Ballard. Uh, if I'm Chris Ballard, and let's say the perception is his job's on the line, it's not because he's still here, but he's got to make something happen. I want to go down gunning with my guy. I really not with well, this is who was left. So I really think the Colts are going to be extremely aggressive, and for the most part, do whatever it takes to go up to one. And if you can't get one, you go to two. Then you're at least going to get the second best guy, and hopefully you've got both guys, whoever it is, Young or Stroud or whatever, Levis. At least you're saying, well, we, we can make this work because this guy was graded pretty closely. But they they can't be non-aggressive. They got to go after it and do for the most part whatever it takes to get the quarterback they want. Hey, Mike, uh, why not? Jeff Swartz was talking to us earlier. Why not? Why not? bring back Carson Wentz or someone like that oh, and draft well, an offensive lineman and wait till next year's class because next year's well, class because, has got some because, legitimate guys. Because Jim Irsay is still the owner. Yeah, and Chris, and, you feel like Chris Ballard's if he's potentially on the line here, got to get it uh, right. Yeah, I, I, you know, in normal situations, maybe Chris would be open to that and, may, and, and that's a big maybe. I, I think he was he was a lot more on board with Ursay getting rid of Wentz than certainly than, than Frank was. I just from my talks with Jim Ursay, I'm telling you, there's a better chance of me playing quarterback wow. next year than Carson Wentz. <laughs> and, 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 okay, well, if you get hurt, Jimmy Cook's a QB. That's not good. So you better well, stay healthy. If, if, if I'm the quarterback and I get hurt, then I, I, I'm done. For, I, I'm, I'm set for the rest of my life. <laughs> there I, you I, go. I could, I could deal with that. Yeah, but the Colts but, aren't. They've got Jimmy backing you up. Yeah, I, I just, I just don't think. No, I, I think that's, you know, there, there's less than zero chance of that because of how strong Jim Irsay felt. Yeah. About the entire thing that went into Carson Wentz. And it's amazing to me that this guy's going to be unlike his fourth team in four years. It's ama- it's, it's one of the strangest stories. Yeah, This place will be the one place he won't be next year. Wow. You know what? I'm not going to take that. Jimmy said the same thing. I, I just I, he's He's got a, his home base here. You know, like the Pacers bringing in George Hill. 
do they have to take on some kind of contract of Carson Wentz or what? <laughs> no, no, no. He's he's a free agent, right? So, so it, it, you know, it, it, any other player, it would work because okay, he's shown he can play the position okay, sometimes yeah. better than okay, and he's not going to cost you anything. No, but and he wants to be here at least live yeah, here I, potentially. I just, I just don't, feel like I I'm speaking for him. Well, you need to speak louder because the the owner is still the owner. I'm telling you. Yeah, I, I, I'm with I mean, you. When he, when he tells me that as long as I'm the owner, you know, <laughs> blah, blah, I believe him. You know, some things that he, he sort of isn't that firm on, some yep. things he is, it would not, it won't happen. I, I, I never say, I try not to say it'll never happen. It'll never happen. Hey, Mike, do you think that the Colts are in a position where they can be honest with themselves? Meaning this, let's just say they like Bryce Young a lot. But they don't love him enough to make a power play and move up from four to one, knowing the price tag that's involved there. Do you think they can be honest with themselves and say, this isn't the moment right here, right now to make that move? We go veteran route for one more year and think to next season for a QB. Can they be honest with themselves, knowing the recent history of failed uh, veteran quarterbacks? Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. No, I, I you know because it, it is about timing, and I could argue that one of the reasons that they've gone this veteran route in the last what five years is because they really didn't have a lot of better options to get young. They really didn't to get younger at the position. It just wasn't there. Well, this year you're at four, and there's three guys that most people believe are are so-called franchise guys at differing strengths but to, to, to push it another first the fan base would would, would revolt which yeah. I, I don't know how much you put into that if you're the owner you hate that but but no, I, I just think this is the time and, and it's about timing I go back to remember in, in, in 2012 the Colts were the, what, the year before they were whatever it was 2 and 14 or 3 and 13 and who's there waiting for them Andrew Luck well, the next year, Kansas City does the same thing. They're three and thirteen, whatever, and they get Eric Foster, uh, uh, a, a left tackle. Yeah. So it's about timing. This is the time. I just and I tell you, I like Derek Carr. Of all the the guys they brought in in the past, he might be the one to me that would be the most attractive as far as what he can do. They can't do it. They, they simply cannot recycle again. They can't. Mm-hmm. And, and the draft gives them the chance. And it's always risky. It's always risky. I mean, it's probably 50-50 on top 10 quarterbacks taken. But you simply have to you have to roll the dice and take the guy you really like and then build the roster around him and just hope that it's the right guy. You know, it's funny, Mike. I was thinking that the Colts are basically the exact opposite of the Jets where the Colts have had all these veteran quarterbacks, so they want a rookie. And the Jets have had all these rookie quarterbacks that have washed out, and they're looking for a veteran. It's just funny how the recent history 
impacts your current decision making. That's often how it works, though. And, and that's the problem when you, if you swing and miss on a, a running back or a left tackle, it hurts you. Or a wide receiver high in the draft, it hurts you. If you miss on a quarterback in the top five, it just sort of paralyzes you because, you know, it takes you a couple of years to realize he's not the guy. So then you're wasting those players' careers for two years. And then you have to reset again. And here the Jets are resetting for a third time in, what, six years, whatever it is. It just – your roster is getting older. Your good players are getting older. And you're just wasting really good time and players. And whatever – we've talked about this before with the Colts and, like, let's say pass rush. When you're chasing mistakes year after year after year, it's just it, it just compromises everything because you're, you're drafting another defensive end and it keeps from drafting, I don't know, a receiver, a linebacker, a corner. So at certain positions when you miss, it, it's just beyond – the player it's the time you put in it's sort of the money sort of i mean but with you know draft picks now the money's kind of not what it used to be but it's the time and having to reload again it's just not the way and i would argue that the way they've gone the Colts with these veteran guys it's it's they've been you know right around 500 a couple of uh uh playoffs jobs one with frank with Philip Rivers, but you don't grow. You, you, that's why I say when you get, when you get a chance like they've got now, you've got to go for it. You've got a high draft pick. You've got three quarterbacks that everyone says is worthy of that. So you just you go get your guy, and if it doesn't work, you say, "Well, that was my guy. I, I took my best shot. It didn't work." But at least you're going down with your guy, like I said earlier. And I would be one. I would be incredibly shocked if Wentz is back. Ain't going to happen. And I'll be incredibly shocked if the Colts stay at four and just get what's left, unless there's just no option to move up in the top three, which they they do have options. Dane Fife here. Hey, Mike, can we make a small, well, just a gentleman's bet? Sure. If if Wentz comes back, will you eat a um, Honeycrisp apple in our studio? (laughs) Yes. Yes, and, uh, and if he doesn't come back, uh, you'll come down to Beach Grove and you'll cut my grass for the summer. How about that? Oh, that'll keep me in shape. For I'd the, love for to. the whole summer. You, you provide the that? sunscreen, though. I need the okay, for hundred a and, for a month. For a month, you gonna cut his grass for a month, Dane? Put provides, your money where your car, Carson Wentz mouth is. Dane he provides the two hundred proof sunscreen that I require. <laughs> <laughs> so. well, I feel I feel good about having my grass cut for at least a month. I'm, uh, <laughs> now, how how often do you cut it, Mike? Is this like once every three days? Are you meticulous here? How much well, work no, would they I'm be putting in? But what, once it starts growing, it's about every six days. Oh man, one every six days. I'll do it. Deal. That's like five times. Five grass cuttings, Dane. I don't know, man. You feel that strongly about? I can do it. See whence? <laughs> okay, uh, Mike Chapel here on the fan. I'm curious where, um, listen, there are a lot of rumors about Justin Fields maybe being traded with the Bears. I don't personally anticipate that, but let's just put it out there, Mike. If the Colts could have Justin Fields or any of the rookie quarterbacks, what would be your preference? That's a good question. Probably Justin Fields because he's proven. It's like when the Colts traded uh, Buckner, they gave up the 13th pick. I, I would do that in a heartbeat for a veteran player who was still like 25, 
as opposed to a rookie that you might like, but you just don't know. I would probably take Fields, probably. Uh, but but then, you, again, it, the good thing about getting one of these rookie quarterbacks is you got the rookie deal. So for four years, these guys are ridiculously priced. Then the fifth year, it, you know, it, it jumps. But I don't think the Bears trade him. We talked to uh, Matt Eberflus today at the Combine, and the Chicago guys talked to the GM. And we talked to him. The, the GM said Justin Fields is our quarterback uh, for next year. Of course, the Colts also said things like last year that, you know, Matt Ryan's our quarterback, and then Sam Ellinger's our quarterback. And, you know, so, so things change. But I just don't think the Bears change after the investment they've had, time and coaching and all that in fields. He's a known He's a known product, you know. Make the team stronger around him, and then let somebody else try to try to build and develop a young quarterback. Hey, hey Mike, before you go, man, and we appreciate your time. I, I was curious about this. You probably know the answer, but I don't. How does it work if a, a team, let's say, the Colts wanted to make a deal with the Bears today? Could they do that, or do you have to wait till the new league year to make a trade for the number one overall pick? You can make trades. You just can't. They're just not official until the new league year. So, Got it. And, and, and we'll see that. I mean, that, that could happen. How, uh, how far out I, do you think we are if a team does move up to number one and you've got a lot of teams in the mix that could be doing so? How, how far away do you think we are if there is a deal that's made uh, when we see it made? Closer to the start of the new league year because there's, yeah. there's no easy – if I'm the Colts, I want to get it done now. Yeah. And if I'm the Bears, I'm going to hold out and see – Yep. Who's going to go crazy? And because yeah. somebody, they are, you know, it's supply and demand. It only it only takes one team to go crazy. You know, like Cleveland with with Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. It just takes one team to go stupid. So if you're the Bears, you hold out and you really see what you can, how you can maximize that. You know, keep in mind. Let, let's say the Bears trade one to, to Houston at two. Well, then they're in position to trade two to four. So they're so they're trading in the top four twice. The bounty they can get will be incredible to how they can build the rest of their roster. Yeah, amen to that. Well, hey, Mike, appreciate the time, man. Thanks for bopping on today, and uh, we'll look for a more extensive fruit conversation next yep. time. High yeah. level, Mike. Will, High I will, level. I'll, I'll put you down for probably July. Let's, let's make it really hot <laughs> when you can cut my yard. How about that? Uh, no, I thought you would be an August guy, Mike. I like you. Well, you you're going July. Is, when it gets hot and it doesn't rain, then it turns into straw and it doesn't grow much. So I'm going to let it kind of – Yeah. it's still hot it's still growing, and I want to maximize my, my, my bet with you. I'm going to wait till apple season. That way you enjoy your experience, Mike. <laughs> I still feel better about my yard getting cut than me eating an apple. Yeah, I do too, Mike. Well, hey, man, enjoy your day, Mike. Appreciate the time, bud. Stay in touch. Thank you. There he is, Mike Chappell. Fox 59, CBS 4.